When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Climber, your songs are like seeds. Some are going to grow and bear fruit, and some aren't. But why is that? And how should we adjust to this reality so that we have a greater chance of success? Listen up to find out. Johnny, do that thing. Welcome to the Cut! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create and leverage in the music business. This show exists because we want you to win. And in order to win, you're going to need leverage. You're going to need proof that your art has value. It's not about the talent. It's about what people think about your talent and be able mm-hmm. to prove that. And that goes for songwriters. It goes for indie artists. That's why we called it The Climb, creating leverage in the music business. C-L-I-M-B. See what we're saying? Mm-hmm. That's a backstrom from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter who cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. More. What do I mean by more? I mean, couple Southern Gospel number ones, like a top 40 track in Australia for the year. That's a yearly top 40, not mm-hmm. a, a weekly top 40. And still making miracles happen. But what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then the last piece of the puzzle, he introduces you to the pros so that you can step up that ladder, climb that ladder. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production singular. No S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. How you living? Oh, like I'm living too large between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I need to live smaller. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm good. I'm good. Hitting the weights a little bit more. I mean, trying not to put on the weight, but the, the heavy weights that you lift and make your arms bigger. <laughs> Were you talking about seeds? We are talking about seeds. That's right. So a little intro to this. I've been enjoying watching The Chosen with my family lately. So it's the show, The Chosen. Mm-hmm. And we've really been enjoying it, and I highly recommend it. But anyway, so it's basically, it's, it's The Gospels, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a show about Jesus. They're on season three. We're just on season two because we are late to the game. But anyway, Jesus makes me cry like every episode. But I've been reading the Bible and doing devotionals for years, but the show has got me back into reading the Gospels and seeing stories there and a, bit, a little bit of a new light. And anyway, I ran across a parable that I've, considered like basing a podcast episode around for a while Uh i thought it made sense and i thought okay let's just do it let's go ahead and pull the trigger on this one and see how this parable applies to songs and songwriters but i just want to be upfront that hey man if you're not into the bible don't worry this while the parable is about something spiritual today i'm just relating it to songwriting the music business so don't let that run you off if like the jesus thing scares you (laughs) 
the parable is about a spiritual thing, but I'm using that to go, you know, this parable really applies also to songs and songwriters. So just truth in there that I think, so we're going to dive into that. All right. Well, first, let's take care of a little business here. Yes. Make sure that you join the Climb community on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Climb community. Easy to find. You have to ask to be let in. Easy mm-hmm. to do. We let everybody in. Easy for us to say. Mm-hmm. And you just have to be good boys and girls when you get in there. We want to hear all about your personal stuff. We want to brag on you. We want to love on you. We want to hug on you. But you got to put it in the right place, which is consequently, by the way, where you're going to get the most traffic and the most looks at anyway, as opposed to the main feed where that's just for stuff that's really going to be beneficial to everybody. You know, I put news articles in there and different things that I think are important for everybody to read. Mm-hmm. So, and by the way, anything humorous, anything cool, anything related to music, indie artists, whatever, man, if it's good, put it in there. Go ahead. But we got some Wednesday wins, right? Let's love all some people. Oh, we sure do. Every Wednesday, we uh, post the new heights where we encourage you to celebrate your wins so we can celebrate with you. And so let's look at a couple of these here. Will Gunnell said he survived COVID and 2022. So, hey, at the time of recording, there's still like a day left, Will. So don't be cocky. Had some songs licensed for future cuts. Made some streaming money. Over 165,000 Spotify streams on one song. Nice. Met some potential co-writers and looking for more. Going to focus on my songs next year. Chasing the leaders and not running with a pack. I don't mean this egotistically, but 2023 is all about me. Happy ah. New Year, everyone. So, <laughs> Good all right. for him. Good job, Will. Uh, let's see here. What's another one here? Let's see. Climber Taylor Hughes says, I was nominated for four Appalachian Art and Entertainment Awards. We greatly appreciate your support and been nominated for female vocalist, country artist, social media influencer, and original song. So Taylor includes a link there where you can go and vote. And that is highly appropriate on these kind of wins on your new heights to put that in the comments. So feel free. So, yep. Good job. Taylor and Will and everybody else that's in the comments there. Just good job, good job Taylor. Keep good on job, climbing. Will. That's right. There we go. All right. So make sure that you uh, subscribe to the podcast or follow the podcast wherever you consume your podcast. We are everywhere. Pretty sure. Pretty much. Yep. And finally, tell a friend about it. That's what's really, really big. I mean, you spend this time with us. We do not take that for granted. We work very hard to try to keep the information that we share on this podcast relevant and mm-hmm. valuable to you. Mm-hmm. And up to date. So this is, man, if you're finding value in it, somebody else will too. And just please tell them about it, right? That's, That's what I right. want to see. So, all right, let's get into seeds. Let's, all right. So, <clears throat> congregation, if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, please open it up to Mark chapter four, parable of the sower. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the seat back in front of you. I'll be reading from the New International Version, the NIV. All right. So, again, this is not going to be a spiritual sermon, but more of a songwriting sermon. And also, another disclaimer. Preach! Yes, so I don't get struck by lightning, is that it is not my intention to twist Scripture for my own ends. I'm not doing that. What I'm about to tell you is not the meaning of the parable, but there are elements of the parable that could also be said about songs and songwriters. Is that a disclaimer for the front row Baptists? That is a disclaimer because, like, I was telling my wife, it's like, "Ah, I want to talk about this. like we've done before with the Proverbs and stuff, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I want to apply it, but I don't wear, like, don't want to be twisting scripture at all. So I'm just making this clear. This is not what the parable is about. It's not about your songs. <laughs> because there might be some songwriters out there that believe that the Bible was written about their songs. I don't know. I just know that. Jesus knew 2000 years in advance how awesome I was. Well, because he's the one that gave me this song. Yeah, I know. So I'm just, I hold the scripture in very high regard. And I just want to make sure I'm like, no, I'm not 
using it for my yeah, own yeah, purpose kind of thing. It. Anyway, so, all right. So I'm going to read part of this and part of this parable, and we're going to apply it to songs. All right. So Jesus is talking here. Let's see here. Let me find it in here. Okay. He said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, produced a crop, multiplied 30, 60, or even 100 times. Uh, Then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So that's the first part of the parable. And so for a while now, like I said, I thought this totally sounds like songwriting too. I'm a songwriter. You think of your songs as seeds. We get the seeds and we pitch them. Yeah. This farmer's throwing out seed. We're pitching our songs. We're making them and we're scattering Some them around. Some fall between right? the rocks and get scorched when they come up. Some fall in the thorns and get choked off. Exactly. So I'm going to dive into these a little bit. Like some are taken by the birds. So our song is our seed. You know, you throw your song out there. Some are taken by the birds. They never have a chance, right? They sit up right on top. They're picked up and gone. And maybe it's the songs that we pitch but never get heard. Maybe the A&R person won't open your email because they don't know you. They don't have the no like, and trust factor with you. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or it just goes into a black hole. Maybe it's just stuff you never pitch. That kind of stuff. Just snatched up, just never has a chance to get heard. And so that that's one of the things with our songs. And there's going to be a lesson to this and kind of how do we apply this, right? So next up, we have the seeds that fall into the shallow soil. So maybe these are songs that you write with baby artists that just never take off shallow soil right yeah. or maybe the artist on a label cut your song but the record never comes out mm. i've been there mm-hmm. i've been there a couple times where like great i got a cut on so-and-so who it doesn't matter they're not on the label anymore yeah <laughs> you know i've had a few stories of that and you did your job but the ground was just too shallow i threw the seed man it looked all right but it turns out it was rocky and just there wasn't enough for the root to go down there the artist Ooh, didn't, i like this already i like where this is going yeah the artist just wasn't the artist didn't take off, man. It wasn't good soil. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good the seed was. It's soil, dude. So next up, we have the thorny ground. Your song gets choked out, right? So maybe your song gets bumped at the last minute because the artist is more emotionally invested in one they just wrote themselves. They just had a breakup. They wrote it about Sally, the heartbreaker. And this is going on the record because I wrote this and I'm more emotionally invested, right? Or the song that has the right publishing or the right brand name writer bumps yours off at the last minute. I don't know. We got this Ashley Gorley thing in. And also we have a share of the publishing on the other writer, that kind of thing. Or your song makes the record, but it's never going to be a single because the artist didn't write on it. Thorns, baby. Thorns. So it chokes it out, right? Just like the farmers throwing those seeds out on the ground just has to allow for a certain amount of that. There's going to be loss that way. Some of the birds are going to get. Some of the soil isn't as good as it looks. It's going to be shallow. And some, the thorns are going to get. That's just part of it, right? But every once in a while, our song seed falls on good soil. It comes up, it grows, it produces a good crop. And that's when the song gets cut. It comes out, people listen, and you make a little bit of money. That's the good soil where every, all the conditions are right. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I got it to an artist that is not a shallow artist. Or it's a situation where the thorns don't choke it out. And it's, it's allowed to get the sun and the rain and everything and actually make a crop. And just like the farmer knows that, he's like, all these seeds don't have to work. But if I do this consistently, enough of them will have a good spot and will grow and reap a harvest that's many times bigger. I don't need every seed to work. 
Yep. So how should this parable affect how you think and how you do business as a songwriter? To me, some of what it says is, one, you just have to understand that's how it works Mm -hmm. and not take it so personally. Like the farmer's not just crying over every bird that comes and gets a seed, right? Right. You can't put all your hope in one or two songs. Just like the sower doesn't control what the birds steal and the thorns choke, you don't control the future of your song. Now, you do control your end of it, which is writing and pitching a lot of songs and pitching and repitching your best songs again and again. You can't focus on the rejection, on the nose, on the thorns, on the birds and the seeds that never sprout up or the ones that look like they were going to be good for a minute. But then it turns out, man, that was really shallow soil. Turns out the artist just didn't have the legs, right? Mm-hmm. You got to keep moving forward. And hopefully, like you do that consistently, you trust the process. Hopefully, eventually you get to enjoy a good harvest in due time. And so for me, it's like consistency. Keep sowing. Keep spreading those seeds around. Keep pitching those songs. Keep writing those songs. Don't get too invested in just one or two songs. And so that's a big thing I think we And just don't take it personal. Yeah. You just got to keep trucking. So I thought that was a good parable for, for songs. I mean, I'm thinking about the interviews that we did, the Cuts and Bruises interviews we did at Nashville Nights mm-hmm. in Denmark. Yeah. And... We talked about the cut. Mm-hmm. Everybody liked the cut. And they're like, okay, let's talk about the bruises. And they're like, oh, God, there's so many. Which, uh, which yeah, one? Which, where do I start? And for every cut, I have like 1,500 bruises. You want that alphabetical? You want that chronological? You want that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how, do you want, how do you want? So for every handful of seeds I've thrown out, for every 15 handfuls of seeds I've thrown out with 100 seeds in each handful, I got one cut story. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, especially if you consider pitches. Yeah. Yeah. Tons. I mean, it's a lot of seeds, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like tadpoles. It's like tadpoles and the <laughs> fish yeah. eggs and the way, I mean, listen, they know this is the way nature works. Like here's a boatload of them and only a small handful are going to survive. Yeah. And that's enough. Yep. And so you just have to realize that's the, that's the nature of the business and you got to adapt to that and go, okay, well, I'm not going to just write two songs and see how that goes. If you're a songwriter. Yeah, which, by the way, blows out the whole business model of, I'm just going to see how these three songs do before I decide if I'm going to Yeah, that's a not a business model. That's a failure model. That's a protection racket. Yeah, exactly. It's like, then you're not a songwriter. You're giving yourself permission to not write any more songs because nobody liked these first three that you wrote. Yeah, then you're, I was reading in Hacking Music by our friends Wade Sutton and John Pashada mm-hmm. this morning. I was looking through it and it's talking about missionaries versus mercenaries. <laughs> and... If you're like, I'm going to see how these work out. You're a mercenary. You're not a missionary. Missionary is passionate about it. Does it because they believe in it. Yeah. And applying that to this, it's like, I'm a songwriter. Like, I'm kind of a missionary in that way. Like, I don't do it for the money. Yes, the money's important. But I'm going to be writing songs because I love it. Because I'm passionate about it. Or you're going to be climbing a tower with a gun. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I need to be doing this. Mercenary, they're the ones that go, well, I'll see if I can make some money at this. Then I'll do some more. You're not going to make any money at it. Point. I love like, that. No. Yeah. Then you're not a songwriter. You just want to be successful at this thing. There are easier ways to make money, dude. Yeah. Yeah. There's way more money. Way If it's all about the money, go find something else to do because this is not where you want to be. Like, you know? oh, okay, I've written these three songs. I'm going to go to med school. Yeah. You pitch those songs, you go to med school, see what makes you the first dollar. in 10 years in 10 years time you make way more money as a doctor than right (laughs) as a beginning doctor Mm -hmm. right like yes yeah (laughs) so that's the thing about the parable of like seeds as songs 
keep writing songs, keep pitching songs. There are going to be birds. There's going to be thorns. There's going to be shallow ground. That's just how it goes. Yep. Keep going. Keep going. All right. So now I'm going to read the next part of Mark chapter four and where Jesus explains a parable. Uh, let's get down to this. He goes, okay, the farmer sows the word. So he's talking about like the word of God here. Some people are, are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it and produce a crop 30, 60 or even 100 times what was sown. So that's where Jesus explains the parable of the seeds to the uh, disciples. And for me, this applies also to songwriters, or I can take this framework of this parable and apply it to songwriters. So let's see the first seeds, the ones that the birds steal. Mm -hmm. And I think those are songwriters who never really believe they can make it. The doubters and the haters steal that seed, that seed of that dream in their heart before it ever really gets a chance. Yeah. You got this thing like, oh man, maybe, maybe I could be a songwriter, an artist. I could do this thing. And your doubters and your haters and the people that are jealous or whatever, the crabs in the bucket, you know, they, whether they steal that yep. and you let them steal that. Maybe yeah, these, they steal it with your permission, with your permission. Right. So maybe these writers are too afraid of failure or of looking foolish, or they just believe the lie of, well, people like me don't do things like that. People from this area, people from this town, we don't go on to do things. We don't leave town. Mm -hmm. We don't. And so that's the bird, man. Or, you know, here it talks about the devil, but here I think, you know, what is the devil? He's a hater, <laughs> right? The haters come and they steal that. Yep. And next up, you have the the songwriters that are like the seed on rocky places. These are the songwriters that are like, man, I'm super excited. I'm all about this thing. I wrote my first song at a party with a guy that had a guitar. And man, I'm all about this now. Well, they get in, they're super white hot about this thing, but they exist on emotion, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't learn the craft, and they can't handle adversity, and they quit. Mm -hmm. They're more like, I, I got these three songs, let me shop around and see what happens, kind of thing, too. Yep. Or, I was like, oh, I'm all fired up about this, I'm writing some songs, but then they get that first no, <laughs> or that first non-answer, or somebody doesn't want to write with them, or somebody doesn't really like it, and they just they don't learn the craft, they're just going on emotion because it feels so good, but the root, man, the root... They don't have roots. They like the idea of being a songwriter. They like the idea of it. They love it. They love maybe even some of the process of writing, but they they don't love the craft. Yeah. To get they aren't a student of the game. They don't have a hunger to be like, I want to be great at this. Yeah. It's fun. It's a party, but they don't have the roots. And so, man, when that persecution comes, when the rejection comes, when the negativity comes, when the people are like, I don't know if this is you're really gonna quit your job and move to Nashville or New York or LA or wherever. Yep. No root, and they wither. Yeah. So they're songwriters like that, and artists as well. I mean, everything about writers applies to artists as well. And then you have the thorns, and I think the thorns is what's really interesting. And the level I'm on, I, I deal with probably more of that. Jesus says, others like, okay, seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So you could say, you get the music, you get the muse, right? But the worries of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, steal it. 
and you become unfruitful. So what is that? Like the worries of life, man, I got to keep up with the Joneses. I got to have the nicer house. I can't go wait tables in Nashville. I'm too good for that. Yep. So I'm not moving. That'll be a step back. I'm not going to look foolish. Yep. I'm not going to do this open mic night. I'm too good for that. Or I mean, I got, I really, I really like a nice truck or I really want to live in this part of town. Yeah. And next thing you know, your bills are too high and you can't make it and you're moving home or you can't. Or you found another job to support your life habit. Exactly. Now it's like on top of your publishing deal, you're having to do all sorts of other stuff to make, to support your lifestyle. Yeah. It's the worries of this world. What are people going to think? I haven't made it yet. And it chokes it out, man. And you become unfruitful. How many people have their pride have kept them from success in music? Yeah. Because I'm going to live in this part of town. I'm not willing to move to that part of town where stuff is cheaper or have roommates yep. or deliver pizzas, wait tables, whatever I got to do to get my feet on the ground. I mean, Johnny, you did Uber. I waited tables. Yep. I did stuff to help get our businesses off the ground and to feed us. And for me, I waited tables at Cracker Barrel. And at this point, I never waited tables before. Never wanted to. With a college education. Oh, with master's degree. <laughs> I didn't know about the master's degree. Yeah, I have like MBA, like master's of business administration. So like I got college and postgraduate master's degree. And I'm like, where did you want some cinnamon apples with that? And all people are more worried about is like how many stars you got on your apron. Yeah. And that was humbling for me. Yeah. But I'm here to win. Oh, also, I was living with my uncle's mother-in-law, yep. renting a room and working at Cracker Barrel, but also working part-time at Blue Water Music yep. and in their admin department doing data entry. So nothing sexy, but man, it gave me a reason to go to the row every day. And I freaking love that. And I got yep. to see Jim Lauderdale in the office and Charlie Steffel and that kind of stuff. So I love that, but it was still not the sexy part of the business. It was still just foot in the door, looking at other people's royalty statements and how they're making money and I'm not at the music thing. But yeah, it's the worries of life. It's that other stuff. Like, are you willing to, Dave Ramsey says, you know, you got to be willing to live like nobody else so that later you can live like nobody else. Yeah. And you know, the, the worries of life too, is like, I think there's so much of that is applied to like what people worry about is like, how do they look? What are the people going to think about me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, personally, I've just never subscribed to that. I've always subscribed to the, what other people think about me is none of my business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not. I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know I come from a good place. I know. I mean. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Daredevil on paper does not look good, <laughs> yeah. especially coming off the kind of money I made in the financial industry. Mm-hmm. It really is. I look like an idiot on paper. Yeah. But I was just doing some year end reports this past week. We've had the best year we ever had. Awesome. Which was like last year was the best year I ever had. The year before yeah. that was the best year I ever had. You yeah. know what I mean? So it keeps climbing. It's slow. We haven't hit the hockey stick part of it yet. Yeah. But I think that might be this year. I think we might be there kind of awesome. you know, where we're really going to kind of blow up. But you know what? Like, I'm not trying to scratch my own back here, but I, mean, I just want to share this. Like, it's about the craft of it. Mm. It's about the dent I want to leave in the universe. Yeah. Like, I know I can go make money. I can go make a shitload of money mm-hmm. selling it. Like, literally doing what I do. I had this conversation with Janelle one time. Because, you know what? I mean, just real talk. Like, we've had this conversation, too. Like, why don't you go do that? And I'm like, because this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And you really need to be okay with that because this is the way this is going to happen. Well, it's kind of like the old Incredible Hulk TV show with Bill Bixby. Yeah. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's kind of like, don't make me sell out. You wouldn't like me. I wouldn't be the guy that you fell in love with. Like, why? Because I'm going to be bitter and I'm not going to be happy. I might have some money in my wallet, but... Mm. And the reality is, like, with our number one client right now, like, we took a seven-figure company and doubled their sales, doubled mm-hmm. the amount of money they made during the pandemic by completely retrofitting them to digital. They went completely digital. Yeah on all of their marketing and, and all their sales. And I said, what's the difference between that guy and me to Janelle? And she's like, well, and she wasn't, I mean, she just was, she's worried. Yeah. She's not, I don't want anybody to think like she's coming down on me. She's not, it, it was, she's just, just a legitimately concerned about how it looks on paper. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is a conversation you have to have with your loved one. And I'm like, um, cause I mean, we do well, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not, not extravagant. It's seven figures yet, man. Yeah. And I said, the only difference is, it's an insurance license. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing the marketing for that guy. I know how to sell like that guy. Mm. I've already proven that. Yeah. Like, so literally I can get this going tomorrow and just out market everybody mm-hmm. and do it. If it was about the money, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's, it's not the dent I want to make. Yeah. I want to become a master craftsman of digital marketing and I love artists and I love songwriters and I want to see them get paid. And that's where that's going to be my legacy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause I'm going to change the world with that in some small way. I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the approach that you have to have from that songwriting thing. You could just got to be from the passion. It's got to be from the love of it mm-hmm. to do that. And for those that are listening, I mean, we've said this before in the podcast, but I've had many, many months in the financial industry when I was doing that thing with the radio show where I made more money in one month than probably you have in a whole year. Mm-hmm. Fact. Yeah. Than most people. And it was just chaos. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then for it all to shut down mm-hmm. and a meltdown. Yeah. Right. And for them just to close Wall Street and say, you know what? We're closing. We can't, nobody can sell any product until we figure out what the hell happened. And it took over a year for that to happen. Wow. And I didn't have enough passion in mortgages to want to stick around. You know what I mean? So I just thought, well, <laughs> yeah. this is freaking ridiculous. Like, so I get wiped out by no fault of my own. 
You know what I mean? Right, yeah. like, they just, the government said, you can't sell your widget anymore mm-hmm. until we say you can, or the industry did, whoever it was. But I learned like, I can get this kind of chaos doing what I really want to do. You're always going to have chaos. You're always going to yeah. have bills. Mm-hmm. Well, I got bills to pay. You're always going to have bills to pay. Yeah. That's never going to stop. <laughs> right. So you're going to have to come up with something better if you're being intellectually honest with yourself about wanting to do this and sow these mm-hmm. seeds. Right. Yeah. And what is your, like, you know, my stuff didn't look good on paper. I mean, I guess both of us in certain regards is like, oh, that's cool. They, they got to go to Denmark and hang out with these cool people, the creatives, or you get to know these famous people or hang out and, and do this thing. That's really cool. And like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that part was good on paper, but also like, man, if you saw the cars we drive yeah, and the house we're living in, that's not going to be like, Yes. I mean, I like our house. Emily's really done a good job making it, maximizing how it looks in there. And she's got a good eye for that yeah. stuff. But it's middle class at best. Yeah. So nothing fancy there. But you are your own boss. <laughs> yes. And I'm <laughs> I'm right outside my house. I'm going to go in in a minute, help Emily out because she wants to she wants to go run and exercise. So I'm just going to have lunch in the house, do a little bit of work in the house while some of the kids are around. Mm-hmm. So I get to see them when I go in for lunch. Yeah. I could be off. And at three, when Hazel gets off the school bus and then I'm on kid time for a while and family time and have a lot more flexibility. Like when I've day job before, I didn't have that kind of flexibility. Yeah. I mean, we just made a a trip to go see some family. Nimbly was going to take the kids and go. And then I was going to stay with Hazel because she doesn't travel well. And then at the last minute, we just made a change up where I was going to take the kids and she was going to stay with Hazel because that just was going to kind of just work better. I don't have to ask anybody's permission. I just had to reschedule a couple things, reshuffle, yeah. co-write, whatever. And but I was like, I didn't have to go to the boss and go, man, I'm sorry, it's last minute. Or tell my yeah. wife, no, you'd need to go make that drive because yeah. I, I got to work. Like, I have to work. But yeah, I did a lot of it on the road just talking to people, yeah. <laughs> right? I made some phone calls. Yeah. And then I did some while I was gone. And it's like, let's kind of pay that didn't show up on paper. That's right. So are you willing to go, yeah, some people think I'm nuts and that we're just probably just living on a prayer Whoa, whoa. <laughs> just can't let those thorns drown that stuff out. So, and then the last one here is a good soil, right? And so that's the one, good soil. And they hear the word, they accept that produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. And so that good soil, I think, is part of it's out of our control. Mm-hmm. It may be just, hey, man, I'm blessed. I was born in America where there's freedom. Yeah. And I didn't have to ask permission to move from Arkansas to Tennessee and say, I want to get this job and do this thing. Yeah. There's freedoms to do that. My parents were worried, but supportive. It wasn't like dad's going to cut me out of the will. Yeah. I didn't have like big barriers or, or whatever. And heck I was single. Didn't have an asshole at the time too. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have that. No, my parents are great. Yeah. And I didn't have a wife. that was like, no, my family's here. If you leave, you're going without me. I was single at the yeah. time. So part of that may just be a little bit out of control as far as stuff you have stacked against you, but we all have stuff stacked against you. I don't sing. I don't play an instrument very well. I didn't know anybody in the business. Nobody sent for me. We all have things. What business you want to be in? Music industry, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Do you sing? Nope. That play doesn't look good on paper really. at all. Wait, you don't sing? No. You don't no. really play an instrument? No. Nope. What are you going to do? Write songs for a living? <laughs> you know anybody? Nope. <laughs> oh, my beer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Like you super charismatic? Nope. 
<laughs> I disagree with that. That's well, not truthful at all. So <laughs> it's like, what do you got going for you? I got a 96 Pontiac is going to make that 300 mile trip. That's what <laughs> I got. Muse Grand Am, Muse Grand Am. <laughs> and I got my uncle's mother-in-law with a room open that I can mow the lawn, work off some of the rent, and I'll go find a job when I get there. So you're right? saying there's a chance. Amen, brother. <laughs> So I got mad respect for that, bro. Oh, thanks, man. I mean, when I came to Nashville, I spent a Monday going home after the band broke up and I had another tour opportunity with like a major label artist to be mm-hmm. a singer for a major label artist that at the last minute went, decided to hop off the wagon and back on a heroin. Ugh. And then I'm just like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah. So the, the industry shut down the hair band thing. We were yeah. doing really good. <laughs> I mean, I was just talking about that on with, um, Dave Gordon, who did all the, man, he was a producer on all those ZZ Top videos from the Eliminator record. Oh, yeah. And he did a bunch of Almond Brothers stuff. Cool. So we go way back. And him and Bud, our producer from the Brothers, were always like just bragging about the kids. We're the kids. Yeah. He's like, look at how good the kids are doing, man. And they're just so proud <laughs> of us and, and everything. And we had this festival, the National Nights thing that we did in Arizona. Mm-hmm just before Christmas and he lives in Arizona. I'm like, dude, come out and hang out, man. I want to show you to all these guys and yeah. show you around and brag to everybody. And we were just talking and we were just, he was just like, man, it's, it still pains him. He's like, you guys were so right there. You were so close. <laughs> yeah. And then they just stopped hair stuff. You know, I'm like, I know. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So I have to drive home mm-hmm. back to Wisconsin, come back with my tail between my legs a little bit. Yeah. And I didn't know what the next step was going to be. And I, Stayed in Nashville one night. Mm-hmm. Saw Earl Bud Lee, who I didn't know who the hell Earl Bud Lee was. I had no idea, but I knew that song and I didn't even listen to country music. And I was Friends like, in low places. Yeah, at a dive bar on a writer's night thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, this is a Monday night in Nashville? Yeah. I'm moving here. <laughs> and I just moved here. I didn't know a damn soul. Not one, yeah. but I didn't have an aunt. I just had yeah. a pickup truck that I just bought because I was moving to Nashville. I thought I should have one. <laughs> You know what I mean? And a bartender. I mean, that was it. And I'm just going to step into it. So I got mad respect for that, bro. That way you did. I love it. Love it. So that good soil. I think that's the writers who do the work. They're willing to put in the work and to sacrifice. So they want to learn the craft. They're students of the game, learn the craft, do the work. I think those are the writers that, that have a chance. Yeah. The ones that are avoiding the thorns and going, no, this is my goal. Do these other things, lifestyle choices and whatever, are these supporting my goal or not? Now, I'm not saying you'll make a complete idol out of that, but like you got to be strategic and mindful and intentional about how you pursue this thing and to make the most of it. So you want to be the good soil. You want to put in the work. You want to learn the craft. Don't give in when times get tough because they will. Yep. I mean, talk about hey, it's either feast or famine. I'm like, in the music business, it's kind of fast or famine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking a little break from food or food's taking a break from me. <laughs> That's the truth, too, fast or famine. Yeah. So it's coming. It's coming. But at the same time, knowing that you also have to protect your optimism. You have to protect that because the optimism is so precious. I mean, I, That's the hope. It is, man. I was, I think I mentioned this before. I was sitting around a campfire with Matt Klein last night and, and we're just reminiscing and catching up on stuff and talking about so-and-so that, oh man, he's gotten pretty jaded and, and bitter. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, I'm scared to be around that stuff because that stuff is contagious. Yep. Like, uh-uh, no, I got my little optimism over here that I'm protecting this little baby. Yeah. Get away from my optimism. You step back. I mean, you got to be realistic about stuff so you can adjust and 
the cheese has been moved from that that book yep. who moved my cheese you yeah. got to be realistic about okay things have changed so you got to be realistic but also you got to protect your optimism and your love for songwriting you have to protect your love for that and your pa- your passion man exactly. like I mean, that stuff it just the toxicity of that just the, mm-hmm. just the negativity of it not like you and me can vent to one another and we're mm-hmm. coming from a place of passion and we're just venting about speed bump mm-hmm. and i know when you're venting to me is a speed bump to you you know what i mean yeah but when somebody's just completely bought into it's going to happen for me it's terrible it's all over. Yeah. that's just toxic and that just pisses me off mm-hmm. for no other reason than the protection that <laughs> yeah. you said like don't talk about my baby that way like <laughs> right yeah no I, i'm sorry i can't buy into that conversation because if it's over for you it might be over for me and of course we yeah. don't have conversations like it's over and it's never going to happen that's right with that that's not part of our belief system operating system no no it's not then it's the part not part of my vocabulary exactly it's right. more like oh this challenge is kicking my butt or whatever but it's all in the under the big paradigm of solving the problem yeah getting the way finding the path to success yeah it's all about that it's like oh yeah that's hard this is difficult man i'm not sure where the the path is up that mountain but i'm looking for it and i'm yep. going to try this thing and see if that works it's all about that yes it's a different mindset yeah man i want to add this like so what's important to everybody in this industry is because there's so much like marquee value there's so much intoxication with marquee value with the lifestyle Mm -hmm. with the and it's misguided right it's misguided like people understand how writers live yeah janelle talks about this a lot like you were talking about nashville nights and everything and she's like you know these people they go over there and these people see them and they think they live these rich lives and they don't understand like how broke they are half the time you know what (laughs) i mean when they're doing it you know trying to get that bigger break that bigger until they can get that momentum going and Mm -hmm. So there's an intoxication. There's a misunderstanding of all things entertainment. Same thing mm-hmm. with actors. The same thing with being an yeah. artist as, as a songwriter. Like they have this story in their head that's largely inaccurate. Right. Because most of our pay is the work. Yes, exactly. The work is the pay. Yes. I get paid a little bit in dollars, but a lot of times I get paid by being able to do the work. Yeah. And be free to do it. Exactly. Right. And like, to your point before, like I decide, I say who I say, when we're going to do this, Mm -hmm. we're going to do that. I got all kinds of flexibility. I don't have to answer anybody, Mm -hmm. but you do good business. And so there's people that answer to that are your clients and your coworkers and your colleagues and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like the point being that you don't have somebody else deciding whether or not you can take a vacation or not. It's you that decides and you're going to make the right choice. Mm -hmm. But man, the cream, this is one of the things that stuck with me when it was told to me it just hit me over the head like a two-ton heavy thing Mm -hmm. the cream always rises to the top Mm -hmm. the cream of this business is much smaller than you think it is Mm -hmm. way way smaller than you think it is and the cream rises to the top and what they want are how many countless publishers have we had that we've had on the show or that if you've had in your Mm -hmm. play for publisher events where they're like Hey, if we get a great song and we freak out on it, one of these kinds of things, man, awesome, good for us. But what we're really looking for is not the golden egg. It's the goose that lays the golden egg. We Mm -hmm. want the songwriter. We want a good song. I want to try to identify some people that I think have good songwriters in them, Mm -hmm. which means, and this is just basically, this is the long and the short of it. They're interested in being a good songwriter, Mm -hmm. not interested in the idea 
of being a good songwriter <laughs> right. and what that means according to the story in their head that's misguided that I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. No, like I really interested in writing a better song today than I did yesterday mm-hmm. and then doing the same thing tomorrow and the same thing the day after that. And I go back to and add another notch in the post for freaking Ava Page, but <laughs> talking about that girl, watching her, like her first songs, her first record mm-hmm. was not good. <laughs> yeah. She was 12. <laughs> yeah. But it was like cheesy fishing songs. Yeah, it was probably good for 12. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, like, it was yeah. well done. Like, they, they, yeah. it wasn't some horrible sounding demo thing or whatever, but the songs were like, nah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But she was 12, but she seriously interested in two things. One, being a great guitar picker. Mm-hmm. And two, being a better songwriter. In the course of just a couple years, mm-hmm. worked her way, worked her way into high mid-level and low high-level writing rooms mm-hmm. with people and lots of different writers. Why? Because she just, when she started that journey, she was coming in with those cheesy, those not so great songs that I told you under her belt, mm. that was her leverage. It wasn't yeah. great, but she was interested in being better. And that's what they attached to, mm-hmm. right? Was that she was truly on the path to wanting to do this. And so they enjoyed working with her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because she wanted to be better. And I think that's just one thing that you'll find in this community in the music industry is that the the people that really matter that can really change your lives are the ones that are really going to want to help you when they find out how hard you're really working. Yeah. And that's what they're going to respect. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Is that, and so the, the more you work, the better you're going to get, the higher you're going to rise. Yeah. For one thing, we've all invested in people that just weren't working hard. Yeah. And what happened there? Nothing. Yep. Like I have no interest in working with people that aren't working hard. They're not working as hard as I am. Why? Because they're going to fail. Yeah. So wh- why would I invest in that? Exactly. Just a poor investment. Exactly. And delusional stuff. I mean, I got an artist, I've talked about it a million times on the podcast. I'm not going to mention a name. I was going to say something negative, but that came in, worked their butts off when we told them to work their butts off. And then it all blew apart in a year because one person had a delusion that they were going to get a record deal and then get paid a bunch of money and then be able to go back home. <laughs> yeah. And like, we never knew that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just like, I never thought to ask. Like, <laughs> yeah. raise your hand. If, how do you think this is going to work? You know what I mean? Yeah. I do it now with artists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, hey, just let's be clear. How, how, how long do you think this is going to take? Yeah. Like, how, how long are you willing to fight? Mm-hmm. Because if I'm going to invest my time, which I did with this artist, mm-hmm. and we got a great record, and I just, I was just so excited about it. But then we're out. Why? Because, and they were even working hard up until the point that they weren't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just, there's so much of that. If you just outwork everybody, the cream rises to the top, but you can't outwork everybody unless you make that choice to begin working and to not worry about what it looks on paper, to mm-hmm. not let the naysayers and the negators come in and blow you out of the water and not give mm-hmm. them permission to change your mind and just go be a good freaking songwriter. Yeah. And it really is that simple. Like, I remember that guy that we met. I can't remember his name right now. I'm, I'm hating myself for it. But he was the guy that grew up with Ashley Gorley. Okay, yeah. He was the guy that hipped me to the fact that Ashley even knew who we were. Yeah. Which I just might get a tattoo that says Ashley knows about my podcast. I don't know. (laughs) But he was like, yeah, man, Ashley was heading down from Kentucky to go to Nashville. And I went into the military. And Ashley was trying to tell me, come down. And I Mm -hmm. went in the military first. And he did that. And then I was done. 
I went back and then now he's got a pub deal. He's got all this stuff because mm-hmm. Ashley obviously knew him well enough to know if you come here and just be you, mm-hmm. you're going to rise to the top because you'll figure it out. You'll learn. Yeah. And that was one of the things when he first came to town, he goes, here, here's a bunch of different podcasts. Listen to these. And we were one of them. And it was like, yes, mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So good information, but, but he's saying, now go to work, figure this out. Yeah. He knew that his friend who grew up with would figure it out mm-hmm. because he knew that the cream would rise at the top. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so doable if you have your head on a swivel and the right mindset. It's yeah. so absolutely doable to slide right into this community mm-hmm. and become a valued member of it. Oh, yeah. It is. I mean, just like thinking about the the Denmark thing, which I think is just a kind of a microcosm of the business. Mm-hmm. So I got, got, got to go on this trip. I knew you and I knew a couple other people on there, but there are a lot of people there I didn't know. Yeah. And like the way you conduct yourself... That would have been a way for me to fail really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, a lot we, of people. <laughs> like, oh, now we all know Brent and we don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good to know. It would have taken me a couple of years to meet all those people and let them know they don't like me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what is it? <laughs> good marketing. All, all in three days. <laughs> I know. Five days. Let's say good marketing lets bad products fail faster. Uh-huh. Uh, but it is. Or people can like you and then you have opportunity and you do good work and then people are welcoming because it's just this collaborative effort. But I think the seed also, you think about the seed being the muse and it falls on different writers and you want to be the good soil. You don't want to be the shallow soil. You don't want to be the bird snatches it away. You don't want to be the one that's going to get tangled up in thorns. You want to be the good soil. You want to do the work. And then as the sower, also your songs on the other side of it, you want to keep writing, keep pitching, keep doing the deal. Yep. And hopefully you'll get that harvest. Hey, before we go, I just want to, I want to give you all a free gift. It's called Six Simple Ways to Make Your Songs More Commercial. And it helps you do just what the title says. I'm not all for mysterious titles, except for maybe for the one, the title of this episode. But Six Simple Ways, you can get that at six, the number six simple ways dot songwriting pro.com. It's a free PDF. We also uh, give you access to some audio if you're more of an audio learner and then give you some other cool stuff along the way. Just go to six simple ways dot songwriting pro.com. Tell me where to send it. We send it right out to you. Easy peasy. And it'll help you write songs that artists want to sing and fans want to hear again and again. And that's my gift to you. So thanks for hanging in with us here. Right on, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. And make sure you follow the podcast. Join the Climb community. Tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 